The long and winding road leads us here to the doorstep of the postseason. One win, a little bit of help away from ending 17 seasons of misery. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Now, how many quarterbacks have you ever seen hurdle anyone? He throws. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to Red, White and Buffalo Blues, a UK Bills podcast. On this special episode, we delve into the next round of Bills 2019 opponents. And we are speaking to representatives of the UK Bengals, UK Titans and UK Steelers fan groups. First up, you'll hear me and Alex talk to Paul from the Bengals UK and co-host of the Cincinnati podcast. A couple of facts for you on this one. The Bills are 16 and 15 up, 8 and 6 at home, and a fact of Terence McGee in 2005 is the only player in history to return interception for a touchdown and a kickoff for a touchdown in the same game against the Bengals with a 99-yard kickoff return and a 46-yard pick six. So have a listen and enjoy this conversation we have with Paul from the UK Bengals. And we're joined by Paul, who runs the Bengals UK fan group and also hosts of their Bengals UK podcast, Cincinnati. Thank you for joining us, Paul. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome. We're glad to have you on um, our board. Now, I've listened to your... um, to a couple of your podcasts, I listened to your fiftieth um, episode, so I say congratulations Thank for getting you. to that um, that milestone. And with um, and on there, you had the head coach um, Zach Taylor. Uh, our question would be, who is Zach Taylor, and what could um, what can we look forward to seeing from him? Oh blimey, there's a question to start things off with. Um, I think. The first part of that question is easier to answer than the second one. Zach Taylor is, I think, only 36 years old, which is incredible to me, <laughs> completely, uh, speaking as a 40-something person. Um, um, so Zach Taylor has had, uh, from what, I, what I've read, he's had coaching in his family and in his blood throughout his life. And he's in, been, in, very, he's been in, in Tampa Bay, he's been in... Uh, well, he's been a quarterback himself at the college level. He was, he was, I think, assistant QB coach in Miami, um, and then moved on to the Rams, and he was part of that really incredibly successful Rams team. And he was promoted from assistant QB coach to QB coach, and um, and of course they had fantastic success there last year. Yeah, he's also been. Um, uh, an offensive coordinator at the University of Cincinnati. So he knows and loves the town. Uh, you know, he feels very comfortable there. And apparently he completely, completely smashed, I think, the the modern vernacular, what the kids say these days, don't they? <laughs> uh, smashed the interview process. They completely, He completely bowled the Bengals over with his positivity, his ideas, and the way in which he wanted to take the team. So even, I mean, we had, I think, you know, people like Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator and ex-Bengals player, actually, of the Chiefs was t- heavily touted. 
So it was a bit of a surprise that Taylor got the job. Uh, but I think, you know, we, we've had sort of 16 years of, of Marvin Lewis. And even though, you know, there was a lot of success in those years, you know, for a, for a half a decade, we were a perennial playoff team, which I yes. don't think is to be sniffed at. Uh, and I do think, you know, history will judge Marvin Lewis actually quite, you know, quite well rather than than what's being kind of floated around at the moment, that he was a failure, he couldn't get over the hump. All those things are true, but, you know, uh, getting to the playoffs, you know, five, six years in a row, whatever it was, it was 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 quite an achievement, really. Anyway, I'm not here to talk about Marvin, I'll talk about Zach Taylor. Um, so he, there was quite a bit, a bit of a surprise, and I think, I think Bengals fans in general were desperate for a change. They were desperate for a new broom to sweep through the corridors of Paul Brown Stadium. Um, I don't think they were expecting quite a, a new broom like Zach Taylor because, as I said, he's super young. He hasn't had any head coaching experience. He hasn't had much, if any, play-calling experience. So it is a risk. Uh, I think we're all cautiously optimistic and in terms of what he's going to bring to the Bengals, I mean, it's a very good question because nobody knows, right? You look a lot yeah. of the look a lot of the at a lot of the U.S. national media. They're already predicting a three and thirteen season for the Bengals, which I think is frankly ridiculous. However, it could go that way if things don't work out. You know, it's an all new coaching staff. It's an all new rookie head coach. Things could either be fantastic or they could be really bad. You know, yeah, so, but on the but on the field. There hasn't been that many changes, so I mean, three and thirteen's too much. There's like that's too bad, I think. Yeah, I think there's. I mean, obviously, I've got my Bengals hat on at the moment, but I genuinely think there's a lot of really fantastic pieces on both sides of the ball. Um, last year, we started off like a house on fire, and we looked like a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. So, so speak to that. Um, what are your thoughts on the off season and kind of how the Bengals could project for this coming year? Well, the Bengals have never been very flashy in free agency. I mean, a lot of fans get really angry that they aren't particularly splashy, splashy or flashy uh, in free agency. They uh, they go about their business quite quietly. They don't jump in. The first days, you know, kind of like they, we did a little bit too much, maybe. Sorry, say again. I mean, we we don't either. I think this no. is the first year in free agency where we finally went like nuts. Yeah, and I think I don't know. I get my sports mixed up because I follow all of them. I don't know if it's hockey or in football, but when when teams go nuts in free agency, it usually never turns out well. So maybe being restrained. In free agency is kind of a good thing. I think it's more, yeah. I yeah, I think stuff like that. I think targets. You know, you've got to go for targets. And you look at someone like Miami in your division, who I think are the archetypal. You know, just jump in and spend loads of cash and look where it's yeah. got them. Frankly, and it's hilarious. But and um, teams like that that have the money, you know, will do yeah. it. I think the the Bengals and the Bills are kind of both small market teams where yeah. there's usually not the money there to do that anyway. No, I agree. And I think I think to answer your question once again, we've been solid if unspectacular. Um, um, we signed one of your ex players, John Miller, uh, the right guard, which is actually. From what I read, you might correct me on this, but he's going to be an upgrade to what we had at right guard last year. So 
That's yeah, he, he had his, he had his moments. I mean, it's more. I think it's more good in the run rather than right. the right. rather than the pass. Um, so we didn't sign too many, um, but um, we we drafted again. Kind of, we didn't. How can I put this? We drafted again quite solidly, if unspectacularly. You know, uh, a lot of players wanted your a lot. Sorry, a lot of fans uh, really wanted your first pack round pick, Ed Oliver. Uh, just just the thought of him teamed up with Geno Atkins on on that defensive front was just irresistible. You know. Yeah. Um, but you guys got him, and that's fair play to you. I think you guys had a fantastic draft, actually. Well, I'm here. Um, and uh, we w- we were desperately crying out for a, a real presence in the middle of the field in that linebacking core. And the linebacking core has been a soft spot, a weakness for us for a very long time. And uh, we desperately, and that that really showed up in the last couple of years. So we were desperate to address that. Or at least the fans were. Mm. And uh, we were we really wanted one of the two Devons, but obviously. The Bucks got Devin White, and those pesky Steelers um, jumped ahead of us to claim uh, Devin Bush. So that was out of the, you know, that was off the table, you know, quite obviously. Yeah. But you know, we went for the best offensive tackle, or you know, yeah, the best offensive lineman, I, I think, in the draft. I'd say so. And uh, so you know, the Bengals are, you know, drafting an offensive lineman in the first round is never a sexy pick, is it? So no. I think a lot of Bengals fans were unanimous, unanimously happy, but not kind of, you know, doing cartwheels down the street. Um, of course, that's been uh, tempered with the fact that uh, Jonah Williams tore his pectoral muscle in OTAs and is now out for the year. So our offensive line, which needed a complete overhaul. Which was looking on paper miles better than it did last year. You know, we have we've got Jonah coming in at left tackle. They pushed Cordy Glenn, a player that you guys know very well, right. inside to left guard. We've got a second year first round centre, Billy Price. Uh, we've got John Miller, and we've got uh, Bobby Hart, who is awful, but there you go. Um, so suddenly, you know, Jonah's out for the year. Another kind of guard that, you know, one of the most reliable players on the team, Clint Bowling, had to retire because of a, a blood clot and a, he had a pulmonary embolism, which sounds crazy, but, um, you know, that's scary stuff. So he had to retire. So suddenly we kind of packed a square one on the offensive line. Yeah. So it's not it's even on the offensive line, I think, for the draft in general, right? I mean, you guys only had, what, four picks anyway? No, we had about eleven this year. We had uh, oh, no, oh, sorry, notable draft picks at least is is what I'm looking. Well, at. yeah, it's it's a. I mean, they they always tend to try and find some you know kind of you know gems down in the later rounds. But you know, we got uh, Drew Sample, a uh, uh, tight end in the second round, which again on paper makes sense because we need a bit of insurance at tight end because you never quite know what's going to happen to Tyler Eifert. Yeah. We're hoping he's going to stay healthy after this ridiculous run of freak injuries, you know. Uh, it's hard for a player like that to come back after injury after injury. But if you look at the way they used him last year, it was quite interesting. And, of course, it was just a horrific freak injury against Atlanta uh, last year when he when he broke his leg in all kinds yeah. of horrible ways. Yeah. Uh, uh, when one of their players fell on it, basically. It wasn't like a hamstring tear. It wasn't like a recurring chronic thing. 
it was just a horrid freak injury. But anyway, um, so they used him quite sparingly. They lined him up, uh, you know, in different positions and spots and, you know, kind of really played on the mismatch element that he provides. And you could see that I think there were some stats thrown out that, you know, the defense is really uh, lined up differently when Eifert was in the game. So that that tells you he's still kind of... I mean, that's why you re-signed him, right? Because, I mean, you right. still feel like he's got something left in the tank, even though you drafted another tight end. Yeah. But this, tight end, this tight end was, was Drew Sample. I think a lot of draft, draft experts were saying that we drafted him two rounds too high. Second, oh, second, wow. second round was uh, was too high for Drew Sample. He's more of a, a blocking tight end. But, again, apparently he looks like a million dollars or has done in OTAs. But... We'll soon see when camp comes around, you know. So, yeah. and, and in round three, we drafted our, we drafted our thumper linebacker, our kind of, you know, real aggressive guy, Jermaine Pratt. So hopefully he'll come good because God knows we need him in that linebacking. Yeah. I mean, go, go on. Um, history between, between both teams is, um, is 16, 15 in favor of the, uh, of the Bills. Bengals yeah. four and one in the last five before. Mm. Bills went ten no. Um, the team's also been in the middle of bottom for quite some time. Obviously, you've had that you had that spurt where you were perennial um, playoff contenders. Yeah. What is it going to take for the Bengals to um, to break out from underneath the Steelers and and the Ravens? Um, like because for the Bills, it's going to be when Brady eventually retires. Yeah, right. What what for the Bengals would be the um, the way they could break out and actually uh, become the dominant force in the um, AFC North. Oh, that's a that's a million dollar question, isn't it? Um, <laughs> we don't yeah. skimp on the questions here. No, and good on you. I, I think I think initially it's got to be injuries. I mean, we've always been pretty good with injuries, but last year was just. I mean, we had something like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, key. You know, kind of lot of starters and uh, kind of fringe players out. So the team that we put out for the last three, four games were, you know, we were grabbing people off the street. There were, you know, we had our third string quarter, no, second string quarterback in who'd never played a game. Uh, you know, our receipt, you know, both Green and Boyd were out. Um, you know, Mixon was out for a little while. You know, it, so really we need to stay healthy. And obviously uh, the, <laughs> the off-season so far hasn't started very well in that <laughs> But we're hoping, you know, uh, things to stay healthy. Also, it's it's all about mindset. And you asked me what Zach Taylor is going to bring, and I think the one of the reasons we couldn't get over the hump there was a there was a lack of mental toughness uh, with the team. We were we were good, but we just didn't have that steely, gritted out kind of nature, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's what it's going to take, and Zach Taylor is very big on that. So you have you have the Browns trending up, the Steelers possibly trending down, yeah. Ravens kind of in the middle. I mean, yeah. do you feel like you're trending up, you're stagnant, or you're trending down? Um, I definitely don't think we're stagnant because there's been wholesale changes um, mm-hmm. uh, in Cincinnati this off season. Um, the coach, I mean, it's an all pretty, say for three or four coaches, it's an entirely new, he's expanded the coaching team. He's, he's got a game management expert in, that's always been one of a, one of the knocks on the team that 
Marvin was awful at game management. Yeah. We were, we've always been absolute, uh, uh, save for that very famous <laughs> last second touchdown against the Ravens, which I'm sure you remember very well a couple oh, of years yes. ago. Um, we've been absolutely horrific at situational football at the end of halves, at the start of halves, we've come out cold. Um, primetime games, we have utter nightmares. And this is the thing about the Bengals and the perception of the Bengals and Andy Dalton and all the rest of it. We're good, but we've never been great. You know what I mean? And I think Dalton epitomizes that. But, you know, you look at like casual NFL fans. They're gonna they're gonna watch their Monday night games, Thursday night games, and all they're gonna see is Dalton have nightmare after nightmare. So that's where their kind of perception of the Bengals comes from. Oh, it's just the same old Bengals. So what what Taylor's go, what Taylor seems to be bringing in is not only fresh blood and fresh energy, but also a commitment to ultimate accountability. Do you know what I mean? That seems, yeah, yeah. and also he's actually from what I can gather, he's actually going around the coaching field and physically pushing players into the right spots. He's very, very hands-on. Uh, and the hope is that he's going to bring a lot of the offensive scheme that he bought from the Rams. So a lot of outside zone stuff, a lot of loads and loads of play action stuff, which was very, very successful and which may just suit uh, Andy Dalton's style, get the ball out quickly, you know, lots of sort of West Coast stuff. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Because he had some similar quarterback in LA like Goff, but in t- we need to improve the defense as well. Our defense. Yeah, I was- like I like the passing game when healthy. I mean Dalton yeah. Green Boyd that looks good. And you throw in there a healthy Eifert, and you throw yeah. in there a, you know Gio Bernard who can still be a bit of a firecracker on right. his day. You know, there's a lot of good pieces there. There really is. On the I defense- think if anything, if anything, right? It's like maybe Marvin Lewis. The idea here, the hope is, I would assume, that Marvin Lewis held Dalton back. Zach Taylor can break him out, right? Um, I'm not sure about Marvin um, holding him back. I think Marvin ultimately, and, and I'm a fan of Marvin, I thought he did a really decent job. And I think I mentioned earlier, I think history will actually look kindly on Marvin yeah. Lewis's tenure in years to come. But I, Marvin was quite a conservative coach. He's quite an old school coach. He was right. a defensive minded coach. Um, but we had some really good offensive coordinators. You look at Jay Gruden, you look at Hugh Jackson. They were actually very, very good offensive coordinators who were there when, you know, we, we got pushed onto the, you know, we were pushed onto the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has, it did stagnate over the last couple of three years. Dalton didn't look happy. Then we had some disastrous coordinator hires on both sides of the ball. But now you'd hope. Uh, with Zach Taylor, you, you're right in some ways that he's gonna his scheme will be Dalton friendly, and Dalton will feel very comfortable. And he'll, and, you know, because he did play, started to play really. He looked probably the best he's looked in those opening three or four games last season. Mm. And then, of course, he got injured as well. Um, what's it going to take for us to trend? As I say, I think it's mental toughness. Now, this is assuming that everything fits into place because. As I said earlier, you know, it might go to uh, to hell very quickly if, if Taylor doesn't work out. But if it does, then I think we're going to surprise a few people. I'm not saying we're going to win the division. I don't, you know, there's nothing of that going on. Yes. If we can get to kind of 500 or a little bit higher, then I think that will be deemed a, a, a real success. Um, 
The Browns are quite funny. Again, they just throw money at it. And I just, I mean, there's a real, I mean, our, always our hated serious rival yeah. been the Steelers. But uh-huh. the Browns have edged back into that kind of circle of hate for Bengals fans mm-hmm. because. It's been because, so long. I mean, for so long, you were able to just ignore them, right? Yeah. Now, because of how, wherever they're getting this money from, because I mean, Cleveland, also a small city, however they're doing this, I mean, I kind of, I always, I compare our rebuild with the Browns, and man, they're crushing it right now, so I... They are, and I'm not going to lie to you, you know, on paper, they look fantastic, don't they? The players that they've signed, there's there's kind of high-level talent in every position, but I will caution that, because... Well, I'm a Bengals fan, and uh, <laughs> but you know it takes a lot for a team to gel quite quickly. So you know yeah. spending yeah. lots of money and getting loads of new players in doesn't guarantee you success straight away. And they have but, some headache players. So. Yes, they do. They really do. And um, you know, I know a lot of people love Baker Mayfield and his swagger and all the rest of it. But I thought the way he acted towards Hugh Jackson last year was frankly. Uh, Appalling and absolutely disrespectful, right? Really disrespectful, man. This is the guy that gave him his first shot in the NFL. Right. Um, anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> so you know, the Browns are going to, you know, the Browns will have a winning record. If they don't have a winning record, I will be, I will be very happy indeed. Steelers are a funny one, man. It's much, I've got grudging respect for the Steelers, even though I hate them. They find it, they play on the absolute margins, and. Uh, you know, they always find a way to win by hook or by crook or by by fair means or foul, you know, and and they're going to be there, you know, even if... Yeah. I mean, I think Brown and Bell are, are big hits to take, but um, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up, you know, uh, as you said, you know, they, they're trending down slightly, but they're still going to be a pretty tough team to beat. Yeah. The Ravens are always kind of tough. Although we've had a pretty good record against them, so I think I think actually the division is pretty. Uh, if we if we play up to both expectation and talent, I think we'll be if not in the mix for a divisional crowd, but we're certainly you know, I think the the division the AFC North division is going to be very competitive this year. Yeah, I mean week week three is um is the game Bills versus Bengals. Yeah. What? Who should we look out for aside from Dalton Boyd, um, uh, Joe, uh, AJ Green, all that? Who should be? Who should we be looking out for in the game? And why? Well, I'm trying to find the questions now. Um, what? Who should we look out for as a roster as a whole? So during training camp, if there's mm. that one one sleeper prospect, so to speak. Ah, uh, it's a tricky one. I mean, you've named those. I mean, we've got a, as I say, we've got good talent on offense. It's just a case of, of whether we can put it all together, um, and whether the offensive line gives Dalton just about enough time to get the ball off and creates just a slither of a, enough of a hole for Mixon to run through. I mean, it's not really, there, there are no real sleepers on, uh, on offense, they're all kind of pretty much established stars, you know. Yeah. We haven't got too many rookies um, on offense. Um, you know, um, Drew Sample's probably not going to get too much playing time. Actually, I'd probably pick someone like Tyler Eifert because you never quite know what he's going to be like. But if he's healthy and he's on his day, then he's going to be a threat. Um 
And in terms of defensive side of the ball, um, again, that's a good question. I, I'll have to pick Jermaine Pratt, our rookie um, linebacker. If he can, if he can add, you, you guys know all about Preston Brown. Yeah. Um, again, solid. Good if, enough, right? Solid but unspectacular. Mm-hmm. Probably not a nickel linebacker in any way, shape, or form. Um, you know, you've still got Gino and uh, and um, um, and Carlos Dunlap. You know, they're established stars. They they still play at a very high level. Uh, I've just remembered someone on offense to watch out for, and that, again, you will know him because of what he did to you in last year's preseason, and that's John Ross. Um, ah, the your third wide receiver, right? Yeah, I mean, he had a weird year last year. He had a pretty terrible rookie campaign. And again, there are issues with Marvin Lewis there, not willing to throw him in and use him. And there was a bit of suspect man management there. But Lassie played uh, much more. And you didn't really notice him, but he did right. score seven touchdowns. So, really? yeah, and it's like, where did that stat come from? Because he was... <laughs> well, it's again, probably, I mean, it was after A.J. Green and, and, and Boyd went down probably, right? Well, perhaps, yeah, but it's like he never had any, like, huge 100-yard games, but right. what John Ross has has, in, has an incredibly quick twitch. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, you kind of expect this guy who runs, like, whatever he ran in the combine, this, like, lightning speed, to be this kind of blazing down the field, long pass right. of guy. But actually... His his value last year seemed to be in the red zone because he's got such a quick twitch. Mm-hmm. He can get separation, short hitches and slants. He would just get absolutely, open. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah. watch out for John Ross. We hope that he really puts it together this year because he's an undoubted talent. He's not just quick, but you know there's there, again there's some mental toughness issues there. And some strange injuries going on and all the rest of it. So kind of saying uh, it's like so you're kind of saying it's the same old Bengals, but just if the coach can bring something, that's kind of the big thing. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I mean, all the pieces are there. They really are. And I'll give you another quick name for the defense. Carl Lawson, uh, kind of sort of hybrid defensive end stroke outside line, you know, rushing linebacker. We're a four three team ostensibly. So we don't use those sort of rushing linebackers. And he lined up uh, with his with his hand in the dirt in his rookie year, and he got like nine sacks. He looked like an absolute monster. And well, that's something to kind of look for with our new offensive line, like that matchup right. there. Yeah, I think, um, unfortunately, he was another one that went down injured last year. He tore his ACL. So even though he was playing well and not recording the sacks, he was getting a lot of pressures and kind of opening lanes up for the likes of Gino and Carlos Dunlap. But he's back this year, and um, the hope is that, um, you know, again, he'll stay injury-free, but also kind of carry on his progression, because he can be a real handful. Yeah. So with that said, uh, what what could possibly make you nervous about this game? Maybe, like, matchup-wise, what the Bills have, you know, give me a game prediction. Oh, it's, I mean, I think it's too early to say a game prediction, but I... I've really liked the Bills off season. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you'll agree they took a step back last year for whatever reason. It was one yeah. of those weird years that it was like, oh, they didn't kick on. They've kind of taken a step back. But I do think you've had a fantastic draft, and um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing Ed Oliver. That's going to be him against Billy Price. That's going to be a real 
uh, interesting battle. I wanted two years. Ago, I wanted Billy Price. I was looking right. at. <laughs> and um, I also think, um, you know, I, I, you know, Cody Ford. We kind of wanted Cody Ford. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he works out. And you know, um, just looking to see how you know you've got a nice core of young receivers. Yeah. Uh, I think Devin Singletree pickup was really interesting. Um, I also, you know, it just depends how you know Josh Allen kind of. Uh, works out really. Yeah. Well, everything yeah, hinges on Josh Allen, pretty much. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you. I mean, you, you guys have got a lot of love in this off season from yeah. you know, national pundits and whatnot. It's very um, uncomfortable. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm exactly the same. Whenever we yeah. get kind of shouted up, I'm like, oh no, don't say that. I'd rather just fly on the radar. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, I think um, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. I'm looking forward to seeing. The progression of the receivers. I'm looking forward to seeing the progression of Josh Allen, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how Ed Oliver does. You know, um, so I, I think it'll be a close game. To again, it's it's sort of it, if Taylor is starts well, we've got Seattle first game away, which is going to be tough. Yeah, but not. I didn't. You heard it here first from me. I don't think that's an insurmountable game. But anyway. Uh, that's another discussion elsewhere. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think we're potentially two very similarly uh, similarly constructed teams with similar kind of pieces on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. So it's just a case of how well Taylor. This is why I hate giving predictions at this moment. <laughs> we just don't know what Taylor's going to be look like, yeah, and what this team is going to look like. You know, we might come out of the traps and be absolutely million dollars you know what I mean we might be like oh my god where the where is this Bengals team come from uh or we might just come out of the traps just all confusion and not knowing what the hell we're doing so well stay, optim- stay, stay optimistic because it's better to not know like for me with Sean McDermott it's smash mouth blue collar football but yeah. we got these wide receivers now so are we going to change our identity I'm like I'm worried that we got all these guys, but we're not going to use them correctly. For you, you have no blueprint, so it's kind of optimistic. So that's pretty good. I would. Yeah, as I say, it is exciting because. Yeah. But it's also a little bit sort of you know we do you know as 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 you are as we are we're fans of a small market team and Mm. we're fatalistic in attitude and cynical in attitude. so you just can't help thinking, yeah, this is exciting, but exciting, excitement feels a bit wrong and it's a bit right. weird. Um, but yes, I think the overriding feeling is of excitement. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll know more as camp. We just don't want any any more major injuries. That would be very yeah. bad. Um, but you know, we might we might be two three and O teams, but or two and O. Mm-hmm. Is it say week three that we? Yeah, week, week three, three, yeah. So we yeah. might be like two two and O teams, and it might be an absolutely fantastic game. Um, uh, but we'll see, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it, man. We've got yeah. we've got quite a tough season, and um, you know, obviously the links between the two clubs have been kind of uh, pretty Emotional. strong. Since that. Yeah, that you know, it's uh, been a bit of a bit of a love in between these two teams for the past couple of years. And I, I remember. I started supporting the Bengals back in the 80s where I hate the Bills because they were our main rivals in the AFC at the end of the 80s, you know. Yeah. So, um, how times change. Um, exactly. 
but yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, as I say, we're all excited just because it's something new, just because this is, as you know, this is the first time a lot of Bengals fans will have experienced this kind of newness, you know, this kind of, you know, we just don't know what to expect. It's, it's, it is exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. Well, Paul, um, good luck on the season, except for week three. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> uh, do you have any questions for us? Um, I guess what, same really, um, what, what are you most looking forward to, to? If you were going to tell a Bengals fan, listen, watch out for this guy. Who are you most excited about? I'm sure you will have discussed this on your podcasts. Um, uh, yeah, we'll do at some point. But just on a off the top of your head, if you were going to, we're in a bar and we're discussing the game, and I just said, oh, watch out for Lawson, watch out for John Ross, and even watch out for Tyler Eifert, even though he's a known quantity. Yeah. I would say for me, real quick, on offense, it would be Robert Foster. Um, I think that he did a little bit last year to get some attention nationally, but I think this year, if he can progress, he's under the radar because of the Beasley and John Brown signings. But wide receiver Robert Foster, I'm big on him. I even think we just did a wide receiver um, preview. I think that he could even overtake Zay Jones as kind of the guy that people think. And on defense... I'm still toting Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, he's the yeah, guy in defense. Yeah. Everyone knows him, I, th- I think. Maybe not a household name yet, but, uh, you know, first-round draft pick. I think this year is the year that we heat where everyone's like, oh, look at this guy. How did he play last year in his rookie year? I he think played he quite well. Slow. Yeah, I think he started slow, but towards the end of the year, you're seeing every game, wow, look at that play. Wow, look at that play. This guy's getting it. Right, so he's get, he flashed, but now it's all about consistency, right? Yeah. Yes. This, this is his. This is going to be his breakout campaign for sure. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, me, I would say look out for for Dawson Knox, the rookie. Um, yeah, okay. we're going to need a tight end to step up. So yeah. yeah. I mean, no, no, Knox was actually touted. A lot of Bengals fans have mocked Dawson Knox to us as well. So yeah. again, um, it's interesting. It'd be interesting yeah. to see how he goes. I mean. OTAs, yeah, you're you're not in pads, you're not in um, full kit, but the connection he had when um, when Tyler Croft uh, we got from you guys actually yeah. went down with the injury and Jason Krumrout injured, the chemistry he built up with um, with Josh Allen and what he's actually done so far, I'm looking forward to seeing him in in pads during during training camp and obviously during the season and defense. I champion him all the time on um, on the podcast. It's it's Matt Milano. You, right. He's fifth round pick from Boston College, and he can play the coverage, can play the run. He he is definitely one of those under the radar guys that you can't sleep on. You know he's going to be all over that um, all over that field. Right. Okay. Well, um, I mean, it's such a shame you mentioned Tyler Croft. It's such a shame because I thought that was a big good pickup for you. He's a good yeah. He's a good solid player, and he's sort of sneakily. Good after the catch as well. He, he mm. made some good plays for us. So, but you know, it's one of those things you can't keep everybody. And you know, we wished him well when he moved on. You know, so um, yeah, um, I think yeah, there's a lot of players, a lot of talented players on on both teams. I think so. Yeah, bring on week three, guys. Exactly. Well, anyway, thank you, thank you, Paul, for joining us. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. That was fun. Yeah, very, very, uh, very enlightening. Um, very enlightening interview, and as I say, we'll uh, we'll wait till week three, where one of us will get a um, get the bragging rights, and <laughs> potentially we'll get you, potentially we'll get you on our podcast or 
we are happy to come on to your, to your podcast to discuss the game. Sure, great stuff, man. Thank you for uh, thanks for having me again, guys. That was that was fun to chat through. Great. Awesome. Thanks. Take care, man. Take Adios. it easy, buddy. Cheers. Next up, we Alex. This time on his own, speaks with Adam Foxtrot from the Tennessee Titans UK fan group. Now, the Titans hold a 28-17 record over the Bills all-time, 6-2 as Titans. We all know that before they became the Titans, as the Houston Oilers, we actually, from Frank Reich, the backup quarterback, led the Bills from 35-3 down to win 41-38 in what was described as the comeback of all comeback games. So, enjoy this. And Alex will speak to um to Adam. And we're back to the Red, White, and Buffalo Blues, a UK Bills podcast. This segment, we will be interviewing the representative from the UK Titans. On the line, I have Adam's, Adam Foxcroft from the Long Snapper podcast and the Transatlantic TN uh, Titans on Twitter. Adam, how are you? Hello, good, thank you. Um, I, did you say the Red, White, and Buffalo Blue podcast? Red, I thought White, I thought Blue. this was I thought this was called the Music City Miracle podcast. I thought oh, that's what yeah, we were going to talk about. All right, cut. <laughs> Get this guy out of here. <laughs> you know, that is, was... is is that not what this chat's going to be about? Reminiscing <laughs> about that moment. Uh, yeah, it's going to be forty-five minutes of us debating the Music City Miracle. <laughs> I've spent longer than that on Twitter debating it with Bills fans. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Yeah, so, I mean, that obviously is the first thing that people think of when they think Bills Titans. Um, <laughs> yes. I wish it was the only thing. I mean, I, I go back to the Oilers days um, and, and supporting this franchise, and sadly, you've got one over on us um, oh, well, a few okay, years before. Let's, let's start there, then. <laughs> that's, that's a little bit better for me. Um, but no, uh, specifically on the Music City Miracle, you know, I mean, this isn't going to be on your show. This isn't <laughs> going to be on your Twitter. So be honest with me. Was it a forward pass? No. All right. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> there's, I mean, I, I genuinely, there's an angle that you can see where that's kind of in line with the play. And there's a, you know, from Frank Wycheck releasing the ball in, in one place and Dyson catching it in another. And you, you look at the ball relative to the lines on the field and it's, it's not a forward pass. I mean, we didn't have HD back then. <laughs> no. You know, uh, they didn't have the camera angles back then. I mean, do you think any, I mean, with, with the way review is now, do you think anything would be different? Like if that play happened in 2019? That's a good question. I, I think, I mean, it, it ultimately came down to the fact that there wasn't enough evidence to overturn the on-field call. And that, I, that may yeah. still be the case now. I mean, it's, it's, unless you've got a very clear shot bang in line, mm-hmm. um, you, you're still not going to know for sure. I don't, I don't know with HDTV and probably more cameras at the game if that would be any different nowadays. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, the whole thing about it has to be definitive to overturn. Um, I think at least the, the the TV guys would be able to have like you know the line on the field and show us and like the graphics department would probably do a better job than the referees would you know yeah and they, that's, that's probably true I mean then you didn't have you know the the yellow line for the first down mm-hmm. um, 
but I, I don't think they can use those as evidence no, even, no. even now, can they? Right, no, I just think that would make a... It would at least... Someone's probably done it, but it would it would make us feel a little bit better. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> it was a long time ago, long time ago. Um, on to more current affairs, Bills-Titans 2019. Uh, we played last year, uh, Snooze Fest, right? <laughs> yeah, <Not laughs> well... Good. Yeah, I mean, my main memories of that game was, well, firstly, it seemed an inevitable result, the, the way it was going. Um, and Nick Williams dropping a pass for a surefire touchdown, oh, which yeah. was, uh, I mean, more memorable for Titans fans than for Bills fans, probably. But yeah, that, that wasn't the, the best game of, up in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of, I mean, from an outsider's perspective, that kind of reminds that that's what like the Titans did last year. Great games, bad games. Great games, bad games. The inconsistency. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I mean, the, the Titans finished nine and seven, which I think if you ask ask someone off the street, oh, how do you what record do you think the Titans had last year? They might not say that, but mm-hmm. nine and seven, three years in a row, um, beat the Patriots. Not yeah. not many teams tend to tend to do that. Um, nope. Uh, yeah, a loss in Buffalo, a loss in Miami. Um, the first week of the season and just a sort of odd results. A lot came down to the fitness of, I'm sure we'll talk about Marcus Mariota, but um, him nursing an injury all year, some weeks better than others. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, Blaine Gabbert as a, as a backup that we, we did have, yeah. um, you're not going to win too many games with him. And that, right. that was you know, arguably a, a big reason that the Titans weren't in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't I couldn't off the top of my head say that it was nine and seven for three years in a row. I mean, that's better than average for sure. I mean, the Bills would like something like that. Um, yeah, I, so yeah, you mentioned Mariota. I mean, it does all kind of come down to the QBs, right? Um, yeah. Specifically yeah. on Mariota, uh, I mean, what what's his ceiling? Has he peaked? Is he is he going to get better? I I hope he hasn't peaked. I mean, I, I'm in the it it divides Titans fans. Oh, it divides the the wider um, NFL community, I think. Yeah. I, I would say that the majority of Titans fans back him and believe in him. I'm in, I'm in that camp. Um, the majority of the rest of the world, I think probably the opposite. Um, you've seen, I mean, you haven't really seen him play fully fit in the last two years, I would say. I agree um, with that. And to, to start with, when he first came in the first couple of years, he looked, he looked great at times. Um, and you know, when he, is firing on all cylinders. He's dangerous. You, as well as you've you've seen flashes with um with Josh Allen. Um, yeah. If a guy's got legs, uh, it's just another another thing for defenses to worry about. Um, it's just the the rest of the package um, that's the concern. Um, I mean, I I if he can, it's such a big if as to whether you can get sixteen games from Marcus where he's fully fit. But if you do, I believe crossing everything that he can he can prove himself it's his fifth year he has to prove himself um, yeah. he's got they, there are no longer any excuses I don't think about the rest of the personnel not being there and mm-hmm. um, the coaching staff not being there um, yes there's been a lot of change but there it's a good roster around him and and if he can't if he can't get it done um, for almost any reason even if that is down to injury you'd have to say the time may come to move on, um, you know, but I'd still like to think he will. 
Yeah, I mean, I hear a lot of upside coming in. I remember after his first year, I did take a, I did take him in fantasy for his second year, thinking that this is going to be the breakout, you know. Yeah, kind of, yeah. But um, it just never came. Um, did he? Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, was he fit for like a game or two last year, and they chose to go with Gabbert? Uh, well, it, he had, he had sort of. They were playing down the injuries he he mm. had, I think, as it turned out. Had this weird um, stinger slash nerve injury in his arm that he picked up in the first game of the season that I don't think he ever quite recovered from. But some yeah. some weeks they were sort of playing him at seventy eighty percent. I suspect once or twice he could have played, but sensibly decided not to. Okay. Um, I, th- I mean, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head or in front of me, but I, th- I think he maybe started sort of 11 or 12 out of 16. All right. Not consecutively. So he had a, a spell at the start and then a, a missed a couple towards the end. I mean, crucially, week 17 against the Colts, you know, win win that one in the playoffs and you're starting Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. Um, yeah, That. I mean, I don't know. I mean, so does that... Uh, moving on to like Mike Vrabel, then I mean, where's the confidence level in him? I mean, with the decisions he made last year, I'm. I, I suspect he's probably not the brightest coach in the NFL, but he might be one of the ballsiest, and he mm-hmm. he's certainly not going to die wandering. Um, and yeah. I I like that. I would rather have. Yeah, you know, we've we've gone from the exact opposite from a well, from a guy you'll know well in Mike Malarkey. Um, Uh, yeah yeah I know that noise and that (laughs) sigh so to to have a guy who's who will try and win games rather than not lose them and and that's what we've got so I mean famously the game against the Chargers at Wembley you know going for two to win the game rather than kick kick the extra point to take it to overtime are you did he did he balls that up I don't I don't think so. I mean, it was the wrong play call, but I don't blame him for making that decision to go yeah. for two because that's that's the kind of guy he is. When that comes off, he's a hero, but you've you've got to live with when it doesn't. And you know, you've you have to hope that more of these things come off than don't. And if the yeah. gut, that's the gut feel of the coach, um, more often than not, it should work. It's. I mean, when those ballsy moves work, I mean, I bet you I'm not even asking you that question. You know, mm. I mean. If, if if that play goes and if Mariota is healthy, we pro- I probably don't even ask you that question, you know. But at nine and seven, that's a question mark kind of record, you know. What where could we have found one or two more wins? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you said a lot of changes have happened. I mean, on offense, on defense. I mean, what what Bills would probably Bills fans would probably expect to beat you again this year because we beat you last year. What? kind of happened on the roster in the offseason to maybe make you think that you could win this year? Um, I, well, the, the game is in Nashville, which yeah. changes things a bit. I, mean, time, yeah. but I, I don't disagree that you, you know, if you've kind of got the wood over a team. I mean, in, in the AFC South, it feels like the Colts own us, mm. um, or certainly the Andrew, when Andrew Luck plays. Um, but it also feels like we own the Jags. Um, and it, recent results just don't fade, do they? So there will be that. Um, I, I mean, no huge roster changes on on defense since 2018. But you know, with outside linebacker, 
Brian Arakpo and Derek Morgan have both retired. Um, so there'll be some yeah, young blood, I suppose, um, coming in, replacing them. Haven't, I mean, we've addressed offense more than defense in the draft. Um, Cameron Wake, uh, the aging Cameron Wake coming from the Dolphins will help in that, in that area. Um, cornerback, I think coming generally on, on defense, we're strong, but we were strong. I mean, you called the game last year a snooze fest, um, but because of the part defense. of that is two two good defenses. <laughs> right. Um, offense, I think, is where we have improved more mm-hmm. um, by you know, giving Mario to a couple couple more weapons. Adam Humphreys in the slot. Um, Delaney Walker at tight, tight end coming back from injury. That was a big miss. Um, he's you know, Marcus's favorite guy. Yeah. He's, he's old, though, right? I mean, he's up there. I think. Yeah, but he's he's not going to go quietly. That guy, yeah. he uh, he'll run through through walls for you. Fan um, favorite, then, yeah. Oh, absolutely! Oh, big mm-hmm. time, absolutely. Um, and yeah, just the the kind of guy with the right attitude and in the locker room, the players all love him, staff all love him. Um, yeah, you'll have to probably drag him out. Um, if he ev- eventually needs to retire, it won't be <laughs> won't be something you want to do. Um, offensive line as well. Um, we've reasonably strong. I mean, they're just like as I said before, no, no more excuses really for for Mariota if he if he can if he can stay healthy. Um, so you're saying it's have... not much, there hasn't been much loss, so it should be the no, same no. nine and seven team with a healthy Mariota. So you, you're you're feeling so. Where's your confidence level at? I think probably around there. I mean, it, in terms of our game, I would. Look at the sort of the schedule that we've got. Week five, a home game against the Bills. That's the sort of game that we have to look look to be winning. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll probably say the say the same thing. Yeah, I mean, with with how difficult the end of our schedule is, we need to win as many games as we can early on. And I think your schedule looks difficult early. Uh, and just looking, so we've got Cleveland on the road, Indianapolis at home. Then we go to Jacksonville, Atlanta, then then Buffalo at home, Denver on the road. So it's a four out of six away from home. Yeah. Um, the problem we've got is, I mean, I, I've just I was just looking at the the Gridiron magazine preview, um, and they've got their predictions. Have got Buffalo coming second in the AFC East, mm-hmm. the Titans coming last place in the AFC South. I think, really? I think that's a reflection on the standard of the two divisions more than anything and um, where yeah. the jets and the dolphins i think i think that's right the bills have got a decent chance of of finishing ahead of them um that's they have to to look to do yeah. um i don't see the jags it's yeah well, I, mean, about the jets, I mean they were not good last year i mean nick Foles, not a starting quarterback he's just he's the best backup in the league but he's not a starting quarterback i mean you guys it's got improvement for the Jags again, right? I, I would think so. Um, yeah, yeah I, I would. I think fourth is harsh for what it for what it's yeah, worth. Of course, yeah. uh, roast tinted I mean, glass. I saw, I saw one guy who uh, on like NFL channel or something like that said you were going to go like three and thirteen, four and twelve. Yeah, Adam, Adam Rank. Um, yeah, we've, we've got his number. <laughs> we've, we've marked that man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's harsh. I mean, going from nine and seven to that, I mean, you didn't, like I said, you haven't lost anything. So picked up a really good wide receiver in the draft. So uh, based on that, you know, you said there's been offensive additions. I mean, what 
about this game should Bills fans be afraid of? I would... So a good question. Just from the, the way the, the two teams match up, the way they we matched up before, probably our, our defense. Our, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just, I mean, unless, I mean, looking at it from your perspective, um, I don't know how you feel the Bills offense is, is going to change. Um, in, there's a lot in of new pieces, yeah. So there's a lot of new pieces on the offense that I think will take time to develop. Where I would say probably week four, week five, the offense should be in sync. So I'm expecting more from our offense this year because we put a lot into it. So I'm, I mean, I'm hoping it's not going to be 13 to 12 again. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we'll all but, hope. We'll yeah. all agree on that. But uh, I mean, so obviously away game, never good for the away team. But I mean, uh, are you expecting more points on your side? Irregardless of our defense, you know, I mean, do you expect your offense to be better? Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with with fingers crossed again. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, um, it's it's Corey Davis, right? Corey Davis, He's... Adam Humphreys. I mean, we've drafted AJ Brown. Yeah. Who I keep nearly calling him Antonio Brown or AJ Green. It's, it's, uh, it's <laughs> confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he'll make his own way and not be compared to exactly them. Yeah, for your benefit. But I mean, I mean Travis I... Henry, uh, not Travis Henry, Travis. Derek Henry. <laughs> uh, Derek Henry. I mean, also just like Mariota, I consider. I mean, I I know a lot about the Titans' individual performances from spending time on fantasy football. But Derek Henry, also inconsistent, turned 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 hot at the end of the year. But I mean, where's the where's the feeling on him? That's an interesting one. I think certain people out there, well, look at look at his fantasy numbers and say they've been they've been burned by him, or he's because he's been his numbers have been wildly inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, you sort of don't don't necessarily trust him. Um, I think he's he's not multi-dimensional as a player. He is what he is. He's mm-hmm. incredibly big. He's incredibly fast, which are two things that go very very well together for a running yeah. back. Um, but I, I don't think he has a huge skill set other than the, the great physical attributes. Doesn't but those physical sense. attributes are so so dominant that I mean, as, as you know, that ninety-nine yard touchdown run that everybody's seen, and mm-hmm. you can lament about the tackling all you want, but you don't you don't do that without a huge level of talent. Yeah, um, I don't that think whole, he's that whole game for him. You know what? Yeah, yeah. Two hundred three, two hundred plus yards. So. Uh, yeah, I something. Yeah, he broke a few a uh, few records, I think, yeah, in that, that game. And yeah, it's it's. I don't think he's necessarily been used in the right way at times last season. So back to the coaching. There's a a new offensive coordinator. We seem to have one every year. Um, but in this case, it's the fact that Matt Lafleur has has been hired by the by the Packers, um, which was a strange hire, I thought. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but. Yeah. There, Arthur Smith is a, an internal promotion, so our, our new offensive coordinator. So there will be like, some consistency there. Yeah, which is good for Marcus. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. like to think he he also will know how to use Derek Henry and how not to use him. How to, and you know some strange. I mean, I mentioned we mentioned London and the play call. Uh, if you're, it was going for two, but it was going for two from the one yard line because there'd been a penalty. Why you don't 
give the ball to to the big guy in that situation yeah. I, don't, I don't know just just yeah. sometimes the simple plays are, are what you need to do ask um, that couple... question you know so yeah yeah <laughs> so all right so i mean <clears throat> i don't know if it's just the i mean I'm an American, so don't take offense to this, but I don't know if it's the Brit in you, but you don't seem super confident in in, in the team. I mean... <laughs> it might be the Brit in me, perhaps yeah. a little bit. Um, yeah, like, come on, we're, you're a Bills fan, I'm a, I'm a Titans fan. Um, you can't be confident with, with what we've produced over the last <laughs> last 20 years. You know, you know how that feels. You got that right, so... Um, I think a lot of that is down to down to Marcus and just yes, as I say, I I I believe in him. It's it's so much luck going to be involved and whether he can stay healthy um, and and do what everybody saw him do at Oregon and everybody saw him do at the start of his career at the Titans. Um, if we see that, yeah. if that's if that's the Marcus we've got, then I will have the confidence will come back pretty quick. Yeah. Um, I, I see this game as one of those games that's it's very, very close. It's it's kind of a coin flip game. Like you said, it's the game that you need to win. I'm saying the same thing. It's the game that the Bills have to win. They it can't could be a couple of two and two teams playing each other, couldn't it? Yeah. Very so easily. It's going to be one of those early games that kind of has a lot of importance in the long run. Um, can you give me a prediction? Sure. I... I... Yeah, it's not going to be thirteen twelve, but I don't think it's going to be forty thirty eight either. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would. I'm going to say twenty four seventeen Tennessee. All right. Okay. I like that score the other way. Yeah, so, <laughs> I thought you might. It should be a close. Yeah, it should be something like that, and it's just going to be crazy to think it's whoever's running hot. You know, if there's a home field advantage, plays into it. I can see that happening. Um, do you have any questions for me? Uh, oh, I, sh- I should do. <laughs> oh, well, maybe. No pressure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Josh, Josh Allen, I guess is mm-hmm. is the question. I'm sure you've I'm sure you've covered him. <laughs> um, yeah, sure I, I, come I, up. I did one show where I did a deep dive on him analytically and stuff. And uh, Josh Allen, to me, is a guy who was thrown into the fire and relied on his athleticism. And I think this year he's going to be playing more with his head, which is good. Um, I, I, I feel like we didn't see much other than his athleticism from him. Mm-hmm. It was very, very conservative, um, which has has its place. But, I mean, the Ty- Tyrod Taylor, probably the way they used him, you, you could say the same maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think Josh Allen, compared to all of the rookies in the class last year, had the most deep pass attempts. Um, Is that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Surprised me. Um, yeah, I mean, because when you people think about it, they think about his, they, you look at the numbers and you don't see some big plays when you look at his numbers. Mm. It's because a lot of those were incompletions. Uh, the wide receivers just weren't there, so we spent a lot of time on that. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm hoping the score is a little bit better this year because there's there's been offensive additions. So yeah, I mean it's good to see that you know we both understand the importance of this game. Uh, two teams quite evenly matched, good defenses, offenses that need to figure it out. It should be a really interesting one, I think. It'd be nice, wouldn't it, if we could get a chance to have a a 
revenge game for the comeback or the Music City miracle in the playoffs, wouldn't it? How about that? I think there's a lot of question marks in the AFC. So, I mean, if you can improve on 9-7, and seven, if the Bills can shock some people, uh, there's I, I, I'm not going to put it at a high percentage, but I think there's a real there's there's the, there's a legitimate chance that both these teams could be sniffing the playoffs for sure. I think as the as you say the as you said earlier the AFC East with the Jets and the Dolphins, mm-hmm. um, there are there are games to be had there. Yeah. Um, well, my my co-host Matt just did an interview with the Jets, and uh, I I haven't gotten to hear that yet, but I, I assume. Uh, if, if, if the UK Jets carry any kind of that New York kind of confidence, they're probably thinking that they're going to be the team that steps up in the AFC East, not the Bills. So They've got, they've got some new uniforms, but I'm not sure what else they've done. <laughs> uh, I mean, they, Levy and Bell over there. Um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, no, I'll give them that. With, yeah, with the way Adam Gase has handled things so far this offseason, you know, who knows? You know, that's one of the things. That's that, so... Speaking of Adam Gase, I mean, you have Tannehill now. So, I mean, if you, you talked a lot about Mariota's health. Yeah, well, that's why we've got Tannehill. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's what that's what they're, <laughs> they're going to say. Yeah. Um, and the Titans, almost a bit too much to make you a bit uncomfortable, have said so many times that he is the backup. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no contest for the spot. Um, but yeah, if you're Ryan Tannehill, you've got to be thinking you've got a, a chance of some, some games and an opportunity. Yeah, he probably wants to prove himself and get another contract. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you know, I wouldn't. You wouldn't want a player that isn't ambitious. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I hope we don't see him too much. Right. You know, I always say if I was in the NFL, I would love to get a paycheck and sit on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> backup quarterback is. Yeah. Oh, backup kicker or something. Uh, you know what? You, you know what? Put me on the practice squad. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Um, Adam, thank you for joining us. That was uh, good fun. Pleasure. Nice to chat to you. Good luck this season, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, in uh, in the game. Yeah, look forward to it. Um, I'll say good luck for most of your other weeks in the season, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, but not week five, obviously. You too. All right. Take care. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Bye-bye. And finally, both myself and Alex talked to Ben from the UK Steelers. Now, facts here, the Pittsburgh lead the series 16-9, including the last six on the trot. The last time the Bills beat the Steelers, 24-21, was 1999. Uh, And up until two years ago, in 2017, that was the last time we reached the playoffs. Hopefully then that will be the case, that if or when we beat the Steelers this year, could that be an omen that we're going, um, going to the playoffs? But anyway, here's myself and Ben sorry, myself and Alex, interviewing Ben from the UK Steelers. Enjoy. And we are joined by Ben, who is from the UK Steelers fan group. Uh, Ben, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And Alex, do you want to start off with the questions? Yeah, sure. So, uh, Ben, thank you for taking the time out to join us here for the season preview. Yeah, you're Uh, welcome. So, being from Buffalo, uh, I mean, I, I associate... I mean, there's a connection kind of with Pittsburgh in that it's a it's a hardworking kind of city where the fans appreciate hard work and kind of no drama. Just go play football, represent the team, represent the city. With with the whole off season, with Brown and Bell being so dramatic. Yeah. I mean, do you do you carry that kind of attitude where it's just like shut up and play football? I mean, are you gonna miss them? 
Do you know what? So, Antonio Brown is the greatest wide receiver I have ever seen play football. I agree with that. And yet, because of the drama, I'm so happy he's gone. Uh. Which which doesn't sound right, does it? Right, um, no, I get it. But, do you know what? It just became so boring. And th- this summer, or at least the last couple of months, with Brown being Oakland's problem now, of a... I think apparently he hasn't been turning up to training camp, which, you know, <laughs> not not surprised about. Yeah. But, yeah, he, he's somebody else's problem. And, you know, yeah. for the last couple of years, he, he's been outstanding on the field. But off the field, you know, it just became annoying. Likewise with Bell, um, it's exactly the same. The Absolutely season. amazing player. Yeah, One of the best running backs I've ever seen. But, you know, it just became boring. So I'm yeah. happy to have people with the Steelers who want to be with the Steelers. Right. I mean, so do you, do you think that with their loss, does the offense keep pace, or is there regression to be expected? When it comes to the running game, I think there won't be much of an issue. Um, right, I mean, because we've seen that already. Yeah, we've obviously seen that last year. James Conner is brilliant. Our offensive line is 90% of that running game. Um, yeah. I'm not going to lie, I would not be surprised if, with Brown not being there, we have a bit of a, you know, down year when it comes to yards, touchdowns. He, I mean, he he wasn't the leading, uh, he didn't get leading yards last year, but he obviously, he, he got all the touchdowns, he got the red zone. Yeah. Where, um, so, as I say, I would not be surprised if we have a bit of a dip, but I I think we'll be fine. I mean, you've got in Juju Smith Schuster. You've got a, you have got a ready-made replacement, pretty much for for Brown himself. Is it? It's just a case of just trying to find that one person to uh, to back him up. I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. So we've obviously got Juju, and we all know how good Juju is. Um, we drafted James Washington last year. I was really high on drafting him. He didn't have the best year. Um, yeah. So hopefully, his his second year, he's going to improve a lot. We've got we've got a number of other we've we traded for Moncrief, I think, you yeah. know. He's not Antonio Brown, but he's an option. We've got Switzer Rogers, um you know. You didn't you didn't get anyone in the did you get a wide receiver in the draft, did you? Uh Bush you got Gentry, the tight end. Ah, uh, Deontay Johnson from Toledo. Yeah, so yeah. Um he's been looking good in training camp. Uh, I don't know how much uh, time he's going to get. I'd mm-hmm. imagine that it's probably going to be Juju, Moncrief, Washington getting maybe starting, but, you know, hopefully we'll see Johnson coming through. Uh, yeah. Tight end-wise, we've we've still got McDonald, who I think is brilliant. Um, we've lost Jesse James. Um, mm. So he was a decent second tight end. Uh, but yeah. that may be actually good for the likes of Christian Scotland Williamson. Um, mm. So and we've got yeah, Gentry yeah. as well. But do you know what? I think I, th- I think we're going to just be fine. Um, yeah, we've lost the best player, the best wide receiver I've ever seen, and I'm 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 not too down on it, which says a mm. lot. Yeah, I mean with Bell being replaced by Connor, and I also know you drafted um, Benny Snell Jr. or Swell in the draft. Um, yeah, with Connor obviously. Pretty much being that direct replacement, that plug and play will start straight away. And obviously, he's impressed the last couple of seasons. 
Um, is there any other positional, apart from wide receiver and loss of Antonio Brown, any other positional losses that could potentially hurt the Steelers? Um, as I say, we've lost we've lost Jesse James, our like second tight end. Uh, mm. Totally depends. We've got Grimble. If if he steps up, we've got Gentry. I don't expect him to do too much. He's really yeah. raw. Um, but it's all down to whether McDonald can stay um, healthy. Um, mm. We haven't really lost too much. We, we we've got Bush inside linebacker. Obviously, Ryan Shazier was a huge loss. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've gone for we've gone for speed in the line in the linebacker core. We've drafted Bush. We've got Mark Barron. We've got um, Gilbert. So that that the inside linebacker's totally been transformed, and we're going for speed now because of the loss of Ryan Shazier. Mm. But you know, apart from Antonio Brown, I'd say we've improved uh, everywhere else. That's good. So with with a focus on our matchup now, week fifteen, yeah. um, with your defense specifically, because most of the focus on the off season has been about your offense. Yeah. Uh, how does your defense match up against a deep threat like John Brown or like a or with Josh Allen being like a dual threat kind of quarterback? Because you have Lamar Jackson uh, twice a year, right? Yeah. So you'd think that you'd be preparing for that, right? Well, I mean, our our secondary is not necessarily our strength. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, I can't. The percentage of uh, drops they had was huge. We didn't get a lot of interceptions. John Brown, uh, obviously, we played against him last year. He had a, right. a you know a good game against us. Um, they should be fully prepared for this season. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, Joe, 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 Joe Hayden played well. Um, we've got good nickel court uh, centre, but, but you know we've got Nelson from the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, he seems to be somebody who can potentially get the odds interception, but he also leaves you know the likes of Brown to burn him for pace. So it's kind of just praying and. Hoping that our defensive ends and our linebackers get to you before you can throw the ball. Yeah. Then again, to say with Val, you've got to also be careful that he doesn't hurdle any uh, hurdling defenders or scalper away from me, from uh, your defensive ends. I'm pretty <laughs> no, yeah. sure he's not going to try and hurdle anyone again this year. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised. I thought, you know, I I wasn't huge on Allen coming out, but I thought he had a decent season um, uh. with with not a lot of options. Yeah. Mm. Uh, You've obviously improved your offensive line. You've you've got a number of wide receivers. I think yeah. I think you know you've got Brown, you've got Beasley, haven't you? You've got um, who else? Robert Foster. Jones, Foster. Yeah. yeah. How's yeah Foster? A lot of the news from Allen about out, out of training camp so far has been about his ability to make the right decisions. Now he said something like last year they only had five or six designed running plays for the quarterback. And the rest of that was just all him. So I think that the coaching staff this offseason is really trying to rein him in. So, uh, I mean, it's good that he has that to scare defenses about it. But, uh, I mean, if since we play in Week 15, if, if you know, the, if the league learns that Allen's going to try and stay in the pocket this year, by Week 15, you'll know that he's not going to try and be that guy again, which, yeah. which, which I think would put us at a disadvantage. But... Yeah, I mean, I mean, last or last draft when um and people actually uh the Bill, all, all UK Bills fans know this and I've probably mentioned it a few times. I was always I was really high on um on Mason Rudolph. Who you got in the um 
in the third round. Yeah. Um, obviously, I, I'm in love love with Allen. I actually think he's actually going to be a really good quarterback in the, in the future and obviously this season. But Mason Rudolph was probably one of my, uh, my number one quarterback last season. Just want to know what the buzz on him is in um, in camp and all last season, and is he the heir apparent to um to Big Ben when he goes? Obviously, last year um he wasn't even he was he was third third quarterback. We had Josh Dobbs, uh, but this training camp uh, from the stats that I've seen, Rudolph seems to you know be slightly edging Dobbs. So yeah. I would not be surprised if he ends up second on our depth chart. Um, mm. I wasn't huge on Rudolph, I'm not going to lie, coming out. But, you know, he, he he's big. He's got a big arm. Yeah. He may well yeah. be Big Ben, but we'll see. <laughs> big Ben's got a good few years left in him. That's good to know. Well, possibly. So, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so uh, I mentioned earlier, so let's, I mean, back to, back to our matchup. Um, in looking and comparing our schedules, um, the Bills, the end of our schedule is really tough with a run of uh, Cowboys, Ravens, Steelers, Patriots. Uh, so it's going to be a tough end for us, but I think we're going to have a few wins before we hit that heart, that tough stretch. Yeah. Your schedule looks tough, early, uh, tough early, but pretty mm-hmm. easy late with like the Bengals, the Cardinals, the Bills, and the Jets. Um, I mean, are you are you predicting again a, a run for the postseason? Obviously, you should, right? Uh, I mean, this game is going to be important for both teams. I think we're going to be fighting for our playoff lives. You'll probably be fighting for positioning. Uh, I mean, how do you see the season going, and and how important do you see this game being? Obviously, we were nine six and one last year, which wasn't great. Um, I predicted we're going to, you know, improve on that. We're going to be around eleven and five. With, as you say, the start of our season is going to be quite hard. We've got the Patriots' first game, which is, in fact, probably the best time to play them. Yeah, but, point. absolutely. You know, it's it, it's in Boston, so I've we 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 may well do well against them, but you know, I'm a realist. I don't yeah. I don't expect to win. Um, you know, Seahawks, Forty Nine ers depends on depends on if they click. And as yeah. you say, at the, at the end, we've got the Jets, we've got yourselves. Depends on if Darnold clicks with the Jets, mm. how well he's playing. So, you know. What about the Browns? You, do, you, do, you fear, do you fear in them or do you like what they've done? Do you think they could be that, um, that challenge over, say, the Ravens and the, uh, and the Bengals? Well, I mean, obviously they've been crowned Super Bowl champs already. Uh, <laughs> but... I, I think they will improve. I think they'll have a winning season, but I think it's it's going to take a, a bit longer than one off season yeah. to become Super Bowl champs. Yeah, they got to prove it. Exactly. Yeah. I love I love Baker Mayfield. I think I think they've got a, a number of stars, but you know, I, th- I think last year the win the wins they got were against teams none of them had a winning record. Yeah, it was something like that. So. Yeah. So you're not afraid of them for for this season at least. So you you believe you're gonna you will have that AFC North um, locked up in the. Brand. I think we'll take top spot this year. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it, there's there's not going to be a lot of time. Uh, I mean, to to learn from any mistakes or anything. I mean, you got we you play them eleven and thirteen. 
So yeah. that's all right there. I mean, coming off games against the Colts and the Rams, it's 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 the beginning there with Patriots, Seahawks, and then like Chargers week six, and then right into Colts, Rams, Browns, Bengals, meh, Browns. Um, yeah, I think that you'll probably be needing those last four games, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, against yourselves, against the Jets. Hopefully it doesn't come down to against the Ravens. But, you know, against the the Jets, the Cardinals should be fine. Um, but yeah. the Bills and the Jets are probably, yeah, underrated. Two of the hardest games we're going to play. Two of the most important games we're going to play. Yeah. I mean, I mean, have you got any, got any questions for, for us? I mean, it, it's great knowing, um, knowing a bit more about, about Pittsburgh and obviously their season, what, what we can look forward to. Is there any questions you'd like to, to ask us whether it be about the Bills or even our views on the on the Steelers or anything like that. Well, yeah. So, what do you do? You think I know you've asked me this question, but do you think losing Bell and losing Brown is going to have a huge effect on our season? I think Bell, no, just because you've you've done it already for a year. But you know, honestly, when I was looking, I just took a minute to look at James Conner's stats. Um, I'm really surprised that he didn't rush for over a thousand yards. He had a really good chunk of games in the middle of the season there, but then towards the end of the season, he didn't come anywhere close to 100 yards, and I just wonder what happened. He was injured. He was injured at the end of the season. So was he? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I think. I think your running back core is actually um, is stable with Connor, and I do like. I've seen a fair few um, Kentucky um, games in college football to know that Benny Snell will be a. Um, Will be a really good serviceable backup. Um, yeah. Maybe even potentially giving you that one-two. Maybe if he doesn't stick with the Steelers, be a number one somewhere somewhere else later on in his career. But I think with the Browns, I think I I don't think you'll you'll go down too far on there because I say Juju Smith Schuster. I say he's I probably say he's a little bit better. Or last season, with all the drama that Brown had, probably had that focus mm-hmm. a lot more than Brown actually did yeah. look generally to become a number one wide receiver. And the couple of youngsters you've got, as you say, you've got James Washington, who, who I believe actually likes to stretch the field quite a bit, and obviously Deontay Johnson. So I think you've got you've got a good young receiving core there, mm-hmm. just like um, just like the Bills, some of ours. Obviously, we've got the veteran presence with Beasley and. And Brown, but I think what what the way the um, the NFL is going with the speed and all that, I think the younger you, they're getting and the younger you're getting at wide receiver, I think it's going to not hinder you that much. Yeah. On the topic of wide receivers, um, how's Robert Foster looks? You know, in training camp, because obviously he had he had a great end to your season. Yeah. Do Do you expect that he's gonna you know be getting the same, the same numbers, the same, the same targets with you know all the other uh, wide receivers that you've you've got in the off season. I think I... so. So far, the way training camp has looked, um, he's I think firmly the number four receiver. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Coaching staff has said that he needs to turn it on again. Yeah. He had a very slow start, a very very poor start to the season last year, um, where he had to like kind of come back essentially. Uh, I think he's putting himself in that situation now. But, uh, I mean, it doesn't – I would still rather have 
like a number one, like Juju versus a bunch of number twos. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's with with Foster. Um, obviously, no, go, yeah, go ahead. With with Foster, from what from what I've seen, yeah, he is he is going to be he's going to get probably less targets the way that Allen's been using the short passes and getting the getting the tight ends involved. And you've got John Brown, who's pretty much had a a stellar training camp so far. He's been yeah. he's been raved quite about quite a bit. So I do think he's going to have his his um, targets dropped a little bit. But there's still no denying that after he got cut from us last season, came back on. Someone just clicked, and he's actually yeah. stuck. He's obviously got the speed. He just needs to work a bit more on his route, his route running, and and actually trying to catch him, um, keep the balls in his hand. Cause I think he's had a fair few few drops and a few missed misplaced um, catches during training camp. So his future looks good. I, we, I really like him as a um, as a wide receiver, and I, and obviously back up to say to Alex, uh, I think John Brown could be that one number one. Out and out for at least this season. I think he's going to be the go-to wide receiver. I think we can, we can have a conversation about that for a long time yeah. about our receivers because I don't see John Brown as being like a solid number one like Juju would be. Um, <clears throat> Brown tends to fall apart through this over the season. He's never had a strong finish to a season, John Brown. So Robert Foster could uh, see himself with the same kind of you know, um, game script uh, for the season where he needs to step up again at the end of the year. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, there's there's question marks for both teams, I think. Um, what I wanted to ask about Juju was that, um, and also, man, I just, it feels so weird saying that name, uh, just so silly. Um, he was <laughs> double-covered. That that wasn't me pausing for laughs. I knew I wasn't going to get any from that. That was, that was me thinking. Um, Antonio Brown drew the double coverage last year. Juju kind of had an easier route. Can he handle the being the guy instead of the one B? I I think he can, and it's it's more down to the fact that they, they play different positions. And I mean, Antonio was more of the X. He was always going to be. You know, double covered. Juju mm-hmm. plays a, a large amount of his, you know, snaps in the slot. Yeah. Um, so th- there's a huge difference because he's able to obviously. He's a big guy. He's, he's able to co- come up against, you know, cornerbacks that aren't the number one cornerback. So I don't think that's necessarily going to change because they are, you know, they play in, in different positions. Yeah. So you think he could play? He could potentially play outside, or are they going to mainly try and work him in the slot and keep him, and maybe on occasions have playing plans designed for him to be the extra wide receiver. I think. I mean, he's going to mainly be in the slot, maybe in the Z, and then we've got like Moncrief um, and Johnson, who've just drafted, who I'd imagine are more suited to be in the X. Yeah, so I. I from from a you know a similar point of view, when ben, Big Ben had a, a, a number of uh, threw a number of interceptions last year, and a number of those interceptions were targeting Antonio Brown because he felt he had to target Antonio Brown. Yeah, so I think I, the only, I think that'll help as well. Yeah, I think the only reason I asked that question is because I'm thinking of actually uh, 
potentially having Juju Smith Schuster in my uh, my fancy team. So trying to get the uh, trying to get the inside goss right there. I I'd, I I definitely I definitely yeah draft them into your team. You can blame me if it all falls apart. Oh, that's all right. At least we got a recording now, so uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no comeback. <laughs> is, is there anything else you'd love you'd like to um to ask us at all? Oh, how? Ooh, let me think. Um, how how do you think Tremaine Edmonds is going to do this year? He's, Super hot, Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, yeah. He's the way he's actually learned what we've seen, um, what we've read and seen. He's learned. He's starting to learn a lot more. He's actually grown into the role. I think he was a leading tackler for the Bills um, on defense last year um, for for a rookie that's only that hadn't even turned twenty one. And the fact that he's he's get, he's had chats with Daryl Talley to learn a bit more about it. And in the embedded series, I believe, actually showed him speaking to um, to London Fletcher. So he's got his head screwed on. He's got obviously he's got his brothers at uh, at Pittsburgh, which is yeah, <laughs> which is going to be a good good for them um, or good for the for mum and dad come week fifteen. But yeah. I think having that, having his brothers obviously play professionally as well, and being able to rely on Bill's legends like London Fletcher and um, Daryl Talley, I think that he'll just continue to grow and grow. And he's been looking. Um, he's been looking really good in the in the off season. Yeah, I was definitely jealous when you drafted him. He, he, he was number number one on my board for what I wanted the Steelers to go with. Yeah. And now, so uh, I mean, uh, you mentioned earlier about the loss of Shazier, and uh, as we're talking about linebackers, just real quick, um, just give us a little bit of insight into uh, you know Shazier. I mean, is, is he is he retired? Is he done? And no, so. He, he he's still with the Steelers. I think that's one of the things we're doing really well. Um, mm. He still wants to play football. Now, yeah. that that's oh. down more to his personality. Um, yeah. He's made huge strides just being able to walk. So, mm. I think the Steelers are, are, are doing really well. Um, you know, he's becoming a bit... He, he was always a coach on the field and he's, he's continued to be a coach. Yeah. He's always around training camp. Um and um, you know what? If 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 keeping him on the team, keeping him, you know, giving him something to strive for, and if he can even just, it doesn't really matter if he ever plays football. That that if football isn't isn't everything. You know, right. what he's done already is huge. Yeah. So you think in one snap, maybe get he gets to a position where he can just have that one snap, whether it be like um, say a year or two down the line, the last snap on the last um, last game. Just to yeah. actually give him the momentum, his um, the sense of yes, he'd actually beaten the odds and actually played it and then retired. Do you think that could be a what he's actually trying to aim for? Or do you think, actually think he's trying to get into um, uh, trying to get back to playing at least as full time as possible? So I I I just want to see him take that one snap, but I know that he, with his personality, wants to. Be an all pro. <laughs> he wants yes. to come back. Be all pro. <laughs> he wants to win a Super Bowl. And yeah. You know what? That that's what made him the player he was. So. Mm. You know, Good luck to him. Happy. Good luck to him. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's just nice to see that the the team is actually taking care of the player. I think there's so much news in the NFL about how the league and teams don't take care of injured players. It's great to see that they're keeping him on the team. They're taking care of him. 
So it's just it's good to have one of those good stories. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, once again, um, I'll say thank you for actually being on the being on the podcast. Um, for for our listeners, if they do want to to catch up with you, have a bit of antigen season, especially during week fifteen or build up. Where can where can they find you on social media? So on Twitter, I'm at UK Steelers. Um, I try to be informative. I do talk a load of rubbish. I give my opinion, <laughs> but you know, I enjoy it. Gotta have fun. With I hope all the people do. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's that's cool. I mean, I say it's going it's for for sentimental reasons, for at least for the Edmonds family, it's going to be a a good week fifteen, and hopefully at that point it'll be it'll be a good game with both teams riding on something. So we uh we look forward to that um look forward to that game. Yeah, fingers crossed. Hope we both do well. Hope the Patriots don't win. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the spirit. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone needs to. I think you need to. Get Devin Bush to actually try and injure Tom Brady early as possible. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We don't talk like that. That's how dare you? No, yeah, please do that. Oh yeah, do that, please. That'd be great. If not, if not, we'll get Ed Oliver to do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank, thank you once again for um, for coming on the show, and um, good luck to Steelers for the uh, for the season. Yeah, thanks a lot. I've enjoyed it. Cheers. And that will do it for this special episode of the Red, White and Buffalo Blues. Join us next time on a special when we hope to have a few more teams from the 2019 series opponents of the Bills to talk everything Bills and their respective teams. So for this time, until next time, it's good evening, good afternoon, good morning. Thank you for your continued support and listening, and go Bills. Not us. Not Not us. us. You don't know anything about heart. You don't know anything about work. That's who we are. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills.